Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Many years ago, I had this idea, and it was an idea. I researched it. No church in the country at that time had ever done it, but it's an idea God gave me to do. And as I researched it, there was all kinds of it can't be done's that were facing me and coming at me. But here was my goal. My goal was to take the Bible and to put it into everybody's hands in Trumbull County. And uh, I was going to do it with this thing called Bible Answers. And many of you remember Bible Answers in the Warren Tribune. That started as a dream. And uh, my, my thought was, I'll do a question. People could write their questions in. And then when I answer it, I'll use some scripture. And I thought, people that never read a Bible, they don't own a Bible, we can introduce God to them. And that's our goal. We want to connect people with God. And so in order to do that, I had three huge obstacles, three big it-can't-be-dones that came at me. The first was finances, because it was going to be really expensive. We were going to pay for that space. I wanted it in seven days a week. And some of my leaders were telling me, you know, five's enough. Why seven? And I'm like, no, we got to do seven because people read it on Saturday that never read it and people read Sunday, but they don't read any other day. It's got to be seven. And they're trying to get me to compromise, come to five. I said, no, it's got to be seven. But it was really costly. But, you know, the obvious thing I could do is ask people to help. So we asked people, um, you know, to become monthly supporters. And, uh, and, and our people were just very generous. They, they jumped in, but it still wasn't enough. And then I had this idea. I thought, what if we went to businesses in the church and then other Christian businesses in the community and asked if they would sponsor a day or a week or a month, and you see that there's one up there. They sponsored us, and many other businesses sponsored us, and all of a sudden we raised the money. So that I, I can't or it can't be done, we, we hurdled it. We were able to do it. Then there was another huge obstacle on the church side. One of my leaders came up to me, and they said, you realize um." you are a terrible writer. Your writing stinks. And they complimented me too. They said, you teach good, but your writing is terrible. How are you going to do this? And I said, well, I'll have someone edit what I write. And they said, we don't have budget for that. And I said, well, I'll find a volunteer. And they're like, you know how much work that is for somebody to volunteer and do? I said, there's somebody that God's placed it in their heart. They're going to be excited about it. And there is this woman She's now in heaven, but her name was Sue Fisher. Many, many of you told me in the lobby she was your teacher at Turner Junior High, you know, Mrs. Fisher. And uh, she, her emphasis in her education was writing. And I went and sat with Sue. I said, Sue, I have this vision. Here's what I want to do. But I stink as a writer. Would you be willing to edit what I write? And she, she was so excited. She said, are you kidding? To do this, to connect the community with God? Yes. So I, I began shooting her seven at a time. And they would come back to me with so much red ink, you cannot believe how much red ink was on them. But, you know, uh, we were in there over 10 years, and, and right around the 10-year mark, I began to get them back with hardly any red ink. She mentored me as a writer. But then I had a third obstacle, and this obstacle was screaming at me, it can't be done. There's no way to do it. And that obstacle was the Warren Tribune, which was under different management at the time. Uh, they told me, no, we do not want a re religious opinion uh, column in our paper every week. We don't want that. And so I'm sitting here thinking, well, I think that's against the law, but I really don't want to pull the lawyer card, right? Um, so I just kept, I kept talking 
about you know it and they kept saying no no there's no way we're not going to let you in the paper and then one day i had this idea and the idea was what if we make a border the way we were going to do it originally it was going to look like it was just part of the newspaper no border i said what if we make a border and what if we say paid in part by and when i began to talk that way to them they said you know what we'll let you do it and that obstacle was overcome and here's what i noticed about dreams any dream whatsoever guys there's always obstacles. And we're going to talk about pioneering in this series. And I want to welcome you to Pioneer. And one of my goals in this series is to take the pioneer spirit and to literally infuse it into every one of you. I want to help you, I want to help you obtain and pioneer your personal dreams. And so many of you have personal dreams. Some of you have personal dreams to go to college, and maybe you're the first one in your family that's going to ever go to college, and maybe you're, you, know, you have obstacles telling you it can't be done. There are others here, you, you, have, you have this dream for your family, and yet it's really difficult to get your family to where you want it to be. You need to pioneer that dream. Others, you have a vision to pioneer a business, and some to expand a business. And my heart is just, whatever, you're, whatever it is, I want to help infuse you with a spirit uh, that, that says, I can do it. And we have four incredible weeks where I have an opportunity to do that in your life. But you know what else I want to help you do? And there's so many of you already doing it. But I want to help you have a pioneer spirit concerning God's dream and wanting to help God bring his dream to pass. Because God has the biggest dream that anybody could ever have. And you know what his dream is? His dream is eternal. It has eternal impact. And I love the dream of God. God wants to bring people into Christ. He wants them to meet Jesus and totally free them from sin and fear and anxieties. He wants to give them this thing called eternal life. And he chose us. He chose local churches to help bring that to people. So here's my goal today. I have a goal each week, and this is my goal today. I want you to walk out understanding this principle more clearly than you've ever understood it. Pioneers prove it's possible. And this is what I call the pioneer spirit or attitude. And when you're a pioneer, you have an attitude. And no matter how many it can't be done's come at you, your attitude is it can be done and I'm going to prove it's possible. And all the great pioneers through history, the pioneers that pioneered uh, this great country and went west, they all had this attitude, pioneers prove it's possible. And there's this cool story. There's this guy, his name's Craig Groeschel. He happens to pastor the largest church in America. And uh, Craig didn't start out that way. Craig was pastoring a church smaller than we are right now. He was doing three services on a weekend. And he was thinking, and this was revolutionary thinking at the time, he was thinking, I wonder if I could add a fourth service. But he was really apprehensive about adding a fourth service. And so he, he wasn't sure. Uh, he didn't think you know, it could be done. And then he's traveling through the Chicago airport. He's snowed in, and he's sitting there with nothing to do. And he looks across, and he sees this guy. His name's Lyle Schaller. And Lyle was 75 years old. He was the top church consultant of the time. And Craig's like, oh, my, I have Lyle right here. I can corner him. I can ask him every question. So Craig goes to talk to Lyle. Craig's a young guy at the time. He says, Lyle, I'm doing three services on a weekend. I'd like to go to four. Is it possible? And here's what Lyle said, 75 years old. 
He said, that's what's wrong with you young people. You think too small. And then he said this, he said this to Craig. He said, I think you can do five services, six services. I think you can do seven services on a weekend. And then I think you can launch a second campus and a third campus and do seven in all of those. And Craig's draw, jaw drops. It's like, what? But he planted a seed. Craig went back and did four services, and he found out it could be done. Because as a pastor, you know one of the things you worry about? You, you worry about exhausting your volunteer base. You know, you worry about that because people only have so many hours they can give to the work of God. And Craig thought, but what he found out is when you step out, God brings more and more people to help you do and fulfill God's dream. So you know what happened with Craig? He went up to seven services on that campus, and then he launched a second campus with seven, a third campus with seven, a fourth campus with seven, and now he's the largest church in America. He has 22 campuses, and, and they do eight services a weekend at every campus, and they have 141 services a weekend. He started it. I don't know if I could do four. Now he's doing 141. Now, you, you, you may be wondering, how does he do that? They do what's called a video church, and video church is just like what we have here with one, just one simple difference. Everything's the same, live worship, campus pastor, everything's exactly the same. But when the message comes on, the screen comes down, and Craig simulcasts live from where he's at, and he preaches on a screen. And I remember when I first heard about that, I said, that's ridiculous, that's silly. No one would go to a church like that. Then I visited one, and you just, you, the screen's right real big here, and you, you forget it's a screen in two minutes, and it's like, and it's even better because the preacher's taller, and you can see him better and all that uh, on the screen, but it will blow your mind. So I went through this mentorship with Craig. Craig decided to mentor 12 pastors, and I shared this with you for other reasons at a couple different times, and I, I was blessed enough to go through it, and we're sitting there uh, in one of our sessions, and uh, he did it for 12 months. Two times we were together and 10 times on the phone. And he told, uh, he told me this. We were just, him and I were having dinner next to each other. He said, Joe, he said, this past year, every campus, and I think at the time he had seven or eight campuses, he, he said, every campus grew except the one where I preach live. <laughs> he said, my wife doesn't even come to my campus. She goes to a campus that's closer to our house. He goes, my own wife won't even sit when I preach live. And he said that, he said, every other campus grew, but this one where I'm at. If you ever want to check him out, it's lifechurch.tv. Uh, you can check out. He simulcasts his services on the web. You can see what I'm talking about with Craig. And, and uh, he was inspired by a mentor. And one of the things I want to do today is I want to be like Lyle Schaller. I want to inspire you in your personal life. I want to inspire you concerning God's dream that it can be done. Pioneers prove it's possible. And that's my heartbeat in this series. And we have four incredible weeks. Here's the definition of a pioneer, guys. It's a pretty cool definition. I paraphrased it. It goes like this. It's a person who will walk through anything to acquire bigger things. And we have a lesson we're going to talk about walking through anything. We have a lesson we're going to talk about going after the bigger things. We're going to have fun talking about being a pioneer. And I'm going to just keep placing that spirit inside of you. But what we're going to do uh, in this lesson is I want to inspire you with the fact pioneers prove it's possible. And I want to release two things we're going to pioneer as a church. One you know about and one you probably don't know about. So the one that you know about is our Boardman campus, Believers Church in, in Boardman, Ohio. We're going to launch a campus there. Now notice we set a date. Our date is 
Easter of next year, this coming Easter, 2017. So we're really excited about it. And what we're doing now is just working our calendar backwards, saying we have to do this by this date, this date. And it's just absolutely exciting. But I remember when I first had this come into my heart. Uh, obviously, eight years ago, I went through this thing with Craig. I knew God wanted us to be multi-site and plant campuses. I knew God wanted us to do it. But then we had to wait for the timing, and the timing is now. So when God per- first placed it in my heart, I really argued with God. And here's why I argued. I said, God, there are already great churches in Boardman. I know some of the pastors. Why do you want me to go somewhere? Why do you want me to do multi-campus churches? There's plenty of churches. And I'm just having this argument in prayer with God. Like, God, I mean, we're here. There's other people there. Why do you want me to go there? And so months passed, and I had this uh, talk with God for months. God, I, in order to do it, you have to give me a reason. I can't do it unless I feel it's, I can know it's a righteous thing to do. I don't want to take one person from another church. And I'll never forget, um, I was in a devotional time, just spending some time you know, with God, and he spoke to my heart. And, and, and the first thing he said, my chest went out. He said this. He said, Joe, he said, there's harvest in Boardman that that needs to be reaped, and those people will only come to your church. Your church is the only one that can reap that harvest. My chest goes out like this. But, but then it's like, I'm that important, God? But, th- but, then, but then the next thing he said, my, my chest sunk. Like he, he said, and there are thousands of people there that will never walk into your church. He goes, that's why I have other churches. And it's like the light went off, and I said, oh, I see that, God. I understand that. There's a harvest that we are to reap and that only we can reap and there's an assignment God's given us as a church and God needs all kinds of different churches but we do church a unique way and we have we have figured out how to draw non-church people to church and bring them into the kingdom and then grow them as Christians and I love to hear people tell me Pastor Joe I've been here three months I've been here six months I've been here ten years I learned something and my life is being changed all the time. And, I, and, and, and that's what we want to see. We want to bring people into the kingdom and change them. Now, here's, here's the second thing we're going to pioneer. We call it our off-site traditional campus. And that's going to be the fall of 2017. And so that's after we launch Boardman. And uh, so you're wondering, what is that? Well, let me tell you this about our church. Our main calling as a church is to be culturally relevant and to reach the culture of today. So that's why we do church like we do. That's why there's no stained glass. Um, that's why we sing the songs we sing. God's called us to reach the, the, the population, the culture of today. And we wrap the Bible in that culture. That's why we do lights and fog. And every now and then we have a visitor. This doesn't happen often, but they'll grab me in the lobby. They say, man, I loved your message. The worship was beautiful, but why the lights? Why the fog? I mean, this is like, you're making this like a concert. And so here's my answer. I, I always give everybody the same answer. That's to prepare you for heaven. <laughs> you blow their mind when you say that. And then I open up Revelations 4, Revelations 5. Do you, you know when you read about heaven in Ezekiel and Revelations, people that went there and saw it and they tell you about it? Do you know that that's, you walk into the throne, it's the most crazy light show you'll ever see? It, it's crazy. And you know that there's fog in heaven. Now, we have fake fog. That's the real fog. That's the glory of God. But we're just, we're just emulating heaven, and we're giving people a vision of what the Bible says heaven is like. But guess what? One of our core values is we build bridges, not barriers. That's one of our core values as a church. And um, we have done that with the modern culture. 
But I was praying, this is a couple years ago now, I've been nurturing this for a couple years, and I was praying, and, and I run into all these people around town that, you know, they like traditional, they like stained glass, they like pews, and I've always been okay, I've always said, God, well, we'll we know who we're going to reach, and somebody else can reach them, but God placed this dream in my heart that we could reach them, and the dream is just to go out somewhere in town here, this would be locally here, and, and to rent for three hours maybe, rent a, rent a traditional church with stained glass and pews and just rent the building. We may do a Saturday night at four so I can do that, preach, come here at five. We don't know when the times will be. But I, I go over my message three times on Saturday before I walk out. So I'll just do it twice, go do the traditional and then come here. It'd be exactly the same schedule uh, that I'm on. So here's, here's what we're going to need. There are some of you that are traditional um, piano players, organ players, and you love our worship, but you know my, your style's different. There are some of you that are traditional singers. You love what we do, but, but you're trained a different way. And you know what? We want to have traditional music at that church. So uh, here's, here's why. There are people that will never come here because they want the tradition. They want the stained glass. They want the songs. And God just dealt with me. Why not go to them? And so we're going to do something that I don't know anybody's doing but I talked to some pastor friends, and they just, they get jacked up. They go, are you kidding me? You got that idea? They go, I'm going to do that here. I go, well, I haven't done it yet, so let me see if it works. That, then maybe you want to do it, you know. But I, th I think there's a harvest there. Let me tell you a story. I, um, I do the grocery shopping in our family. It's a long story. Uh, I did something really mean to Gina, and then afterwards, God told me, do the grocery shopping. And I've been doing it for over two years, all right? And, and so <coughs> I do it locally, but about three months ago, God told me, uh, or not God, it, I said God laid it on my heart. Uh, I just had this idea, why not go to Boardman and do your grocery shopping? You're going to launch a campus there. Why not rub shoulders <coughs> with people in Boardman? So I thought I'll do that. So I've been doing it now for about three months. And the first time I went there to grocery shop, the first store I walked in, and when I grocery shop locally, about four to five people grabbed me in every store, and say, Pastor Joe, and I'll tell you funny stories every week. I'll tell you a funny story. So, uh, but this one was interesting. The first store I'm in, um, this lady walks up to me, and she says, Pastor Joe. I said, hi. She goes, I thought your church was in Dallas, Texas. What are you doing here? <laughs> I said, I'm in Howland. I'm in Howland. I'm 25 minutes from here. And she said, I thought, I don't know why I thought you're in Dallas, Texas. And then, then guess what I get to say? We're coming to Boardman with a church, and that's going to be part of our harvest. There's harvest there that's just waiting for you and I to reap. And that's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to reap harvest. So you're sitting here, and uh, I just want you to begin to pray and ask God some questions. And here's the question I want you to ask God this week and in the next four weeks. God, what's my place to help your dream come to pass in Boardman or traditional church. And listen, there's three categories of people here. Are you ready? There are those of you that God's going to call you to help in Boardman. You know, and some of you live there, so that, that's a no-brainer, right, to help there. But then there are some of you that don't live there, but God's going to lay it on your heart, maybe for six months or to a year, where you say, I'm going to make the drive till that church can raise up a, a church, and then those people that live there will 
will, will be the volunteers. But you say, I'm going to help for six months for a year. Well, I believe God's going to place it on some of your hearts to do that. Some of you say, Pastor Joe, I want to help with this traditional church. I have family members. I know I can reach them. And that may be something you're going to want to help with. But then there's a the third category. You know who that is? That's folks that say, hey, I belong here. I'm a settler, man. I belong here. And there's a positive way to be a settler. But God's going to deal with your heart because you're not volunteering. But we're going to have all these volunteers that are volunteering that go help in Boardman and go help traditional. And, and God's going to stir you up to say, you know what? I'm going to volunteer right here because God has some incredible things for us to do as a church right here in this location. But God wants us to reach out. And I want you to remember more clearly than ever, pioneers prove it's possible. And I want that same spirit to get in you for your personal life. One of my favorite pioneers of all times is Rosa Parks. She is an incredible, awesome person. Now, in 1955, she lived in Montgomery, Alabama, and she worked downtown, and she finished a long work day. She jumps onto a city bus. And in 1955, uh, they were segregated on the buses, as they were in many other places. And that, that particular place where she was, the first 10 rows were for white people, and then row 11 all the way to the back were for black people. And she had a dream. She had a vision. Her vision was uh, for racial uh, equality. And, and so she always sat in the 11th row. She, she just sat right behind that 10th row. And one day the bus is going along, and the bus driver um, stops unexpectedly. He comes to the 11th and 12th row, and he says, there's too many white people on this bus. We need row 11, row 12. We need you to go stand in the back so white people can have these seats. And seven people got up, but one did not get up. It was Rosa. And, and I want to just read to you uh, what Rosa said. It's so amazing. She said this. When he saw me still sitting, the bus driver, he asked if I was going to stand up. And I said, no, I am not. She's just so cool. And then it goes on. And he said, well, if you don't stand up, I'm going to have to call the police and have you arrested. And I said, you may do that. <laughs> that I just had to read it because it is so cool. But, but listen to this. Listen, Rosa had a dream, and she was pioneering her dream. And guess what happened? This is 1955. There was a young preacher that heard about this event and heard about Rosa Parks, and he was just unknown at the time. He was just a preacher like I am at the time, and God planted the seed in his heart through Rosa. His name was Martin Luther King Jr., and she was the reason that he was inspired to stand up and talk about his dream. And I think about Rosa, and I think about the odds that were against her, but she had a pioneer spirit, and pioneers say, it's possible. It's something that can be done. It's something that I will do and I want that same spirit in you for every area of your life. And I want that spirit in our church because this church is called to be a pioneer church. God's used us to pioneer all kinds of things. And God's now going to use us to reach more and more harvest. And that's really exciting because harvest is God's dream. So I'm really, really excited about it. Now, um, I think of a Bible character, and that would be Noah. And Noah, I, I think about God coming to Noah. If I were Noah, I probably would have told God no because... Uh, Think about what God did. God comes to Noah and says, I want you to build a ship. And Noah's like, what's a ship? He said, well, it's like a boat, only really huge. And Noah's like, 
I know what a boat is, but a ship? What's a ship? So God shows them plans. Do you know Noah's Ark was the same size as a modern-day aircraft carrier? I don't know if you've ever seen one. I've seen them. They're huge. Uh, they're three football fields long. So think of one football field, two football fields, three football fields. And God says, Noah, here's what I want you to build. And Noah's like, uh, God, do you know there's not lumber stores? Do you know, uh, you know we don't have nails and that kind of thing? God says, I want you to build this. And if I were Noah, I probably would have said to God, hey, listen, God, you just told me you're going to supernaturally have every animal, every insect, every bird. You, you just said you're going to have them supernaturally come to the boat. You're going to supernaturally sedate them. The lions, tigers, and bears aren't going to bite us. And uh, God, if you can do that, why don't you just snap your finger and build the boat? Come on now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'll be the captain. You build it. Because I can't even imagine how, where you start to do something like that. But Noah had a pioneer spirit. And you know what Noah said? Noah said, it's possible. Pioneers prove it's possible. And I think of what Noah did. Do you know all the great people in the Bible were pioneers? If you read the Bible from that perspective, it's absolutely true. Everybody listed in the Bible was a pioneer. They were all pioneers. And that's why they're listed in there. And I think of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the history of the early church, guys. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, and then the book of Acts, and then Romans and all the letters from there to the church. Acts is the early history of the church, and it's finished being written down here. It's in your Bible, but I believe God's still writing it up in heaven. I know he is because the Bible talks about all the books in heaven, and he's writing that book, and I think about God writing that book, and I become so excited when I think about it because so many of your names are already in that book, and people in heaven are reading about it. People for eternity will read about the things that God did through you, through this church. They're going to be reading about it, and it's still being written. You know, in the Bible, it's amazing when you read the last chapter of different books of the Bible. It's amazing to see how Paul and other people talked about the volunteers. And I just want to read two, two of them to you. Uh, these, to me, are just absolutely incredible. And, and here's the first one. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 says this. Paul says, you know the household of Stephanus were the, were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. That means they volunteered. It goes on and says, and I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people. That means they grew and became leaders. And he goes on to say, and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. He's just talking about volunteering in a church. These guys volunteered in their church. And when I think about this, think about it. 2,000 plus years, every generation's reading about Stephanus and, and, and his household. And they were volunteers. And I have a dream. And I see what God's doing through our volunteers here. And I see what God's going to do when we launch Borman, when we launch traditional, and as we just go forward and do what we want. I want to read one more, and this one's really important to me for a different reason. Listen to Romans 16, verses 1 and 2. It says, I commend you to our sister Phoebe, a deacon. Now, in the Bible, a deacon's a volunteer. They can volunteer in a hundred different ways, but they're volunteers. Uh, it says, a deacon of the church in Centrea, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you for she has been the benefactor for many people, including myself. So this, this is a woman. This is a woman leader in the church. You know, in America, there are still some churches that say ladies can't be in leadership. 
That blows my mind in our country today. And I know these people are sincere, but I really think they need to read the Bible. I mean, Phoebe was a woman, and I think about her. She was a volunteer, and she made the Bible for all times. But I'm convinced God's writing your names in the Bible even at this time. And I think about what we're going to do as a church. And this is what I titled my message today, Let's Make History Together. That's the title of this message. And I want that spirit in you. Pioneers prove it's possible. But I want you to think about making history. You know, Joe talked about it offering what happened last week. And last week, uh, in, in, in all of our services, we had 20 people accept Christ as their Savior. And we're over, we're over 350 people for the year, which means we're on course for 1,200 people accepting Christ for the first time just right here at Believer's Church. I think we should give it up and get excited about that, guys. That's amazing. That's amazing. God's doing some incredible things. But th think about this. Think about this. Think about launching a Boardman campus. And think about next Mother's Day. Think about doubling that number, maybe even taking it further. Think, think about a traditional church. Think about additional campuses. And think about the impact that we can have in bringing people to Christ. It's absolutely amazing. I just want you to dream a little bit with me about that. But not only that, think about our volunteers last weekend. I bet you there's stories that we haven't even heard of yet. And we have heard some of them. Some people went to our website and shared the stories of how they were impacted by smiling faces and loving people here at Believers. But I think about what we did to pull last weekend off. You know, I walked out in the lobby uh, the Thursday before Mother's Day. We have our people out there cleaning. They're volunteers. Cleaning, cleaning bathrooms, cleaning lobbies, cleaning this room, getting everything ready. And, and then I think of the people that do maintenance like Lynn and others that are here. They fix things and they build things for us. But then I think about all the other volunteers, and I think about last week when these people were coming into service, and there, there had to be people like this. There had to be a guy named Peter, right? And Peter didn't want to be here. Um, his niece was being dedicated, and his wife made him come. You got to go watch your niece. I, I don't like church. I'm not going. And then Peter's walking in, and I bet you he met Lynn or one of our incredible uh, host team, and Lynn's smile, Lynn engaged him, and I bet you Peter's all his defenses went down. Then he came in here and experienced worship, and he experienced all that God does through the worship. And then he hears the message, and then he raises his hand and accepts Christ. That's a story to be told, and those things are written in heaven. And I just want you to think about you and I making history together, us as a church making history together. And I want you to think about 2,200 a year accepting Christ, 3,400 a year accepting Christ, not just 400 being water baptized, but 1,000 and then 1,500. We can make history. We can have our names written in the book. And I'm convinced of this, guys. When it comes to Judgment Day for Christians, all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And, you know, I've been pastoring here for 33 years, so I have a lot of Christians come up to me. And they're really worried about Judgment Day, and, and, and I understand that. And, and I say to them, you know what? I think you're looking at this the wrong way. They're worried that they committed the sin. And, or they say, what if I sin and Jesus comes right when I sin? And I didn't have time to say I'm sorry. And, and, and people come up with all kinds of things, you know. And I say, well, 
I don't know. Do you think his blood was strong enough to wash that one away? I, I don't know. Maybe. Did you accept him as your savior? You think if, or can you work your way to heaven? If you can't work your way to heaven, do you think there's some grace there that, you, you know, all of us are doing, if we compare ourselves to Jesus and his perfection, every one of us have big problems because he's perfect. But he's made you righteous by what he's done for you. That's incredible. And so I try to tell people, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and I, I, I mean, something might have kept you from serving God, whatever it is, I don't know, sin, this world and its draw, whatever it is, but you know what you're going to bawl about when you get up there? Here's what all of us are going to bawl. We're going to cry our eyes out. If God shows us what he made us to do, and we only got this far, we're going to bawl. And that's, because that's, that's where God gives us the rewards. And we're going to think, you, you, mean, you mean I had the skills to do this? And God's going to say, yeah, I put it on your heart. But God, I didn't think I could. Or God, I got all caught up in this. And, and here's what I want for everyone at this church. When you stand before Jesus, I, I, I want you to hit it right on. I want, I want Jesus to be able to look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful service. servant. I want Jesus to look at me. Here's what I'm expecting. Hey, Joe. I know you didn't want to pastor. Last thing in the world I want to do is stand on a platform and, and teach right now. I, I enjoy it. I don't want you to think I don't enjoy it. But I always, I, I tell God, you, you can have anyone else do it, God. And, and it's the last thing I want to do is stand up and, and be the center of attention, Lord God. It's just not who I am. I, I have no desire to do that, but I know I'm called to do that. And I think God will say something like this. Joe, I know you didn't want to do it, but I want to congratulate you for doing what you didn't want to do. I'm proud of you, Joe. I'm proud of you for just saying, God, if you want it done, I'll do it. And that's the kind of thing I want God to say to every single one of us. I want, I want us to make history, and I want God to be able to reward you when history is made. And, I, and here's what I want to ask you over the next couple of weeks. Just begin to pray and say, God, what is my place? And we're going to pray in a moment, but can, can we just give a can we just give God a, a, a shout and some thanksgiving, thanking him that he created us to do great things as a people? Lord, we are so excited about it. We thank you for it, Lord God. Hey, let's, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Lord, there are some, they have personal dreams popping up all over. Father, some had them when they walked in here, and you, you have released them today, and you have put a spirit, a pioneer in them. Pioneers prove it's possible, and I thank you for doing that, Lord. And Lord, you know, you, you promised us if we help you fulfill your dreams, you'll help us fulfill ours. And I thank you for doing that, Lord God. And Lord, here's our prayer. Place in our hearts what you want us to do. If you want us to help with Borman, traditional or here, Lord, stir our hearts. And Lord, we say to you, not our will, but your will be done. Let us know your heart for us. And Lord, our heart is we want to help you fulfill your dream. And Guys, stay in that attitude of prayer. Maybe you walked in here today and you hear how excited we are as a church um, about someone meeting Jesus for the first time. It, it, it's why we exist. We exist to connect people with God and then grow them in God. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you came in here not sure of your eternity, I want to have a moment and I, I want to talk to you. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or to hell, or maybe you're not even sure if you believe in it. Listen real carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. 
I'm not asking you if you grew up in church or didn't grow up in church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized with a baby or not. All good things, guys. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal and real with Jesus? That happened with me when I was 19. I went to church, but I didn't know him. 19, I met him, and my life was changed. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that, but I believe. My heart's touched today. Listen, Jesus died for your sins. He died to make you one of God's kids, bring you into God's family, give you eternal life, give you a purpose. And, and that's what we're talking about today. God, helping God fulfill his dream is giving us purpose in life. It's the most incredible purpose because it's eternal. If you're here and you say, I can't remember that moment, Pastor Joe, but I'm ready today to pray. I'm ready today to give my heart to Jesus. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray and just simply say this after me? Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I, I repent for all my sins. This day I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe in this day I accept you as my Savior, and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.